Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Okay, so uh, good morning there, Ryan and uh, Kim. How are you doing today? Doing really well. Thanks, Lloyd. Doing well. Good. Are you all ready to get back into the new year then with uh, starting, starting work again? We are. We are. We are <laughs> fresh off the holiday, getting our heads back into the game. All excited. Yeah, yes, yesterday was the first day back. Yeah, same for me. So um, before we go into any detail, let's, let's start with a little bit of background about yourself. I mean, uh, can, you know, how old are you? When did you start, etc.? And what drove you to sort of start this business? Yeah, I can hop in there. Um, I'm 35, turning 36 here shortly. Um, and we, well, Kim and I have been married now three years, together seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. we both, you know, uh, before we met, in basically ever since uh, after high school and, and college, we've both been uh, travelers, kind of interspersing travel and work, saving up a few thousand dollars and then going on a trip and kind of doing that kind of thing back and forth for many years um, before we met, also after we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, my, we, we met in San Francisco, and my, my main kind of career focus uh, was always software, software engineering. Um, and kind of hop right into it. During our travels, um, I, would, I would often work remotely, as would Kim. Um, I was able to just kind of take my job with me uh, when we'd want to go on um, multi-month travels, for instance. Um, and we would see two things. One is uh, there's an opportunity, uh, the, the, the general um, kind of need for good jobs uh, extends all the way around the world, you know. And we often travel to these wonderful places where there's a, there's a pretty serious limit um, on kind of the diversity of the economy and the diversity of the jobs available. Mm-hmm. So we would see kind of that, that concept or that idea, have that idea, um, and also meet all kinds of people that were constantly saying like, man, I wish I could do what you guys do. Um, you know, cause we'd be living for instance in Costa Rica and we'd make great friends with people that were there for a week or two and really bummed about how they, how they have to go back home and go back to work on Monday. Um, and, Kind of a kind of a constant chorus of man, I should learn how to do that. Man, you know, I would love to do that, and so it kind of just naturally evolved into well, we can show you how to do that, <laughs> uh, and, and that was a couple of years ago now, and um, and so we've basically been growing um, naturally and evolving from there. But the, the idea of code, I mean, I was really quite uh, taken when I heard the story uh, because with coding nomads, because many people think of different types of business to set up when they're abroad and nomadic a lot of those jobs tend to be involved in uh outsourcing you know taking outsource work writing uh whatever maybe coding gigs for example but you've taken a whole different stance to it and i've never heard of it before i think it's really clever um but was it the idea of the traveling and then coming up with this sort of business idea of of uh, teaching people to code and running these courses or was it the teaching coding that fitted around your travel? I mean, how, how did you come up with that idea? Uh, well, it was a little bit of both. You know, as Ryan 
I mentioned we were we were working in San Francisco. He was working in software engineering. I was working in marketing. Um, we both had really great jobs, but then we honestly were getting a little bit burned out. And that's when the opportunity to go travel came up and we both had wanted to for a while. We'd been working for a while. We had money saved up and we were like, you know what, let's just do it. Mm. So we took our jobs on the road. And so initially we were working, doing you know freelance marketing and software engineering work. But then we decided that we wanted to try something new and we kind of didn't want to take steps backwards. Like we'd made the leap to take our jobs on the road and then we were kind of seeing what the next adventure would be. And, you know, but we both have these skill sets and we both enjoy what we do to, you know, to a certain extent, but we just wanted something new. So we were just kind of racking our brains. Okay. How can we combine Ryan's coding with my marketing and also travel? Like how could we do it all? And then Ryan was like, well, I could teach people how to code. He's kind of always had a knack for teaching and helping people. And, and so then we started looking into it and saw that coding boot camps that's kind of what they're called, are kind of a racket. Um, you know, they charge a lot of money and there's a lot of people going to them because there is such a demand for software engineers, And so we thought, well, what if we do it on the road? You know, we lower our overhead, we make it more affordable for people and make it really fun, you know, a really fun experience. So it it was kind of an evolution and an idea that the light bulb just went off one day and we thought it was a really cool idea. (laughs) And then we were like, well, you know, we, we, this is not really something that people are doing right now. So let's throw up a website and see if people sign up. And they did. (laughs) So... (laughs) It's been amazing. <laughs> I think with any good, it's a, it's a neat feeling when you can feel something click, you know, because we've, we've tried and failed uh, several businesses before, you know, because we both all kind of had the entrepreneurial spirit. Yep. And some, some of them were so contrived, you know, and we worked so hard at something that was never going to succeed. Yep. Um, and so it was fun with Coding Nomads because we actually were living in this beautiful lakefront house in Lake Atitlan, Guatemala at the time. And we had about a month there and very little to do um, except build this business, you know, and what we really just did kind of that um, let's put up, a, you know, let's put up a website that really set what says like what we're about and what we're trying to do. And the worst scenario is that we put a couple weeks of work into this. And it's, again, it's, like, it's always a learning experience to go through the process of, you know, putting up, putting up a, a digital business front, you know, um, and, and see if people are interested. And it was really neat because we planned to launch on a, it was a Sunday. We were going to kind of make our site public, kind of let our friends and family and, and, you know, kind of the soft launch. Um, and we woke up that morning to a person in Japan who had already found the site on their own and was interested in the course. Wow. Um, so that was so a really, no, you've done no marketing or anything. They, you'd, they obviously, how do they find the site? You know, Google, they were, really? they were, ser- yeah, they were searching for international coding boot camps. And you were there uh, straight away. Yeah. yeah. We, and it, we come there's right not up. Many of us. <laughs> yeah. There's not too many. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's some others, there's, there's a couple others out there and there's people doing it in their own, in the, in, in various ways. Um, but, but that was a really good omen. And it kind of, that kind of energy just persisted, uh, you know, within the first week or two, we had 50 people that had reached out and, um, and it's kind of continued in that way. Uh, ever since. And that's a great feeling because it's like, oh my God, the, you know, this this is going to work. People are interested in this. So then 
you get very serious about like, okay, now we really got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that, this is happening. Okay. Reality yeah. set in. And at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're taking, you know, groups of five to 10 people um, to different spots around the world. And they come, and our students come from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And we're really, you know, as a side note, trying to, um, we're working really hard towards um, kind of encouraging local um, application to, or local yeah. enrollment. Um, and we've got kind of scholarships and ways we're trying partnerships that we're trying to go about that. Um, yeah. I saw that. I think the scholarship, that's a, that's a real, I think that's a fantastic uh, thing to do as you're going around, especially in places like Bali and areas like that, you know, which are, and, and South America, et cetera. We've got a lot of deprived areas. Right. And we've had, it's been, uh, you know, what we found, it's perfect kind of market research again, that the, since we've made that kind of Indonesian scholarship available, um, we've, we've had an outpouring of interest for that from, from Indonesians, which is just kind of goes to show that there's people all over the world that want these skills and, and many places where the, uh, the access to them is pretty, pretty distant or non-existent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great, I think that's a great idea. So, so when, what year did you actually start the business, the code, the first boot camp? Our first boot camp was in March of 2017. So just last year we've done a full a full year of boot camps. We held them in Bali and Thailand and Mexico. So we kind of spanned the globe. Yep. And um, I mean, every boot camp was just such an amazing experience. Like we we were just blown away at how excited people were to learn these skills. How excited people were to be able to travel while learning. We kind of had a theory that if we took people away from their day-to-day routines and distractions, then they'd be able to learn faster. And we found that that was the case. All of our students said, you know, the first week or two, sure, I wanted to explore, but we had plenty of time on the weekends to explore our, our locations. And in the interim, they were just had nothing else to do but learn. Yeah. <laughs> and so... You know, and they're also surrounded by a cohort of students that are doing the exact same thing. So they're all motivated, dedicated, excited about learning, studying together after hours and on the weekends. And um, everybody found it to be a really enriching experience, not just with learning, but also getting to experience the world and making new friends. Yeah. I think what what I quite like about the idea is because they're traveling so far, you, you, you're totally removing yourself from your, your normal environment mm-hmm. and putting yourself into a totally different environment with a group of people you don't know, learn it. And I think you, you, I think that must encourage a really good, um, atmosphere for, for learning that and, and taking that knowledge on. It absolutely does. There's the, there's a camaraderie that builds between the whole team. Um, and it's, it's, it's always, it's great to watch it grow as the mm. course grows too, you know, cause in the beginning, everyone's a little, maybe just a little bit more like tepid or, you know, ho- holding their boundaries up a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the end of the, you know, like, should we hang out tonight? I don't know. I'm free if you are maybe, you know, and then by the end, it's just a given that they're, they're going to be getting pizza later and coming back to the co-working space and continuing to study. And that everyone's mm-hmm. going on a road trip on Saturday to a waterfall, you know, and it, it's, by the end, it's really neat because you, they, you know, the group becomes your, your, your posse and everyone's there for the same reason, um, for the same amount of time, um, with a, with a big agenda in front of them. So the, the, it really becomes, it was like Kim said, it was a hypothesis, like, yeah. you know, but we kind of really thought that it would be because we find that we're more productive. Like when we're home, uh, visiting friends and family or kind of just, you know, living in 
the what the cities that we used to call home. Yeah, there's so many things to do, um, and there's you know there th- that we end up only getting like a you know a, a smaller block of truly productive time in a day. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we're living abroad um, and we're just we're living we you know we we splurge a little bit on our housing. Yep. And by splurge, we mean like six or seven hundred bucks a month <laughs> instead of. You can get a you know, palace in Bali and Thailand for six or seven hundred bucks a month. Right, and yeah. so, and but while we're there, it's just we're it's such a comfortable place, and you know it's usually very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just you're all. It's kind of this perfect um, opportunity to just sit down and do the things that you want to do and need to do, and and we and we encourage the students to all kind of. Uh, you know, to, to make sure that they get a nice, comfortable, productive space too. Um, so we don't necessarily handle the housing for the students. We can, um, but we, you know, most people have a different kind of idea of what they want, what they're looking for, as well as what their budget is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes students will bunk up together, like they'll, they'll organize before the course begins. Yeah. Uh, nice. So everyone kind of has that same feeling. Mm. Just thinking, though, from a marketing perspective, unlike, I say, looking for work, to outsource you know this type of business i'm assuming i could be wrong it takes a lot more uh work to to generate these uh people that want to come on your on the course how did you go about marketing apart from getting you through google uh, without even um promoting it how, how did you get the rest of your clients or how do you tend to market and generate your business now well, the first thing that we did was just really dial in our website. Um, that was, you know, our first and foremost tool and really a way that we can convey our passion for helping people, for traveling the world, um, convey who we are and that we really are putting our heart and souls into this business mm-hmm. and that it's going to be fun, you know, that learning to code can open up tons of different opportunities for working remote or even just finding a job in your hometown, um, career advancement or being your own boss. You know, some people want to build their own products. Some people want to start their own thing. Some people just want a better career opportunity. So we kind of just incorporate all of that into our messaging. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious from the get go that we're not your average boot camp because we're taking people on the road. Um, and so we just, I mean, I think a lot of it is just putting, putting our hearts into it and just saying like, Hey, you know, we're going to take you on this trip and it's going to be really fun. You're also going to work really hard. I mean, we're very honest with people about what to expect and that if you're trying to change your career into this very highly technical field, you're going to have to work for it. And so, you know, we just try to convey that through all of our messaging, but most of our, most of our leads come through organic Google searches, um, forums. Yeah. Like forums, Reddit, um, digital nomads forum. There's a lot of Facebook groups for digital nomads Yeah, and, you know, I'm talking, talking to people like you, you know, just meeting, meeting like-minded people. And we found that when we stepped into the digital nomad world, there's this amazing tight knit community of people who, are also doing really cool things and want to learn about what you're doing and, and that are also really willing to help you succeed. So even though I had a background in marketing and Ryan had a background in coding, a lot of what we're doing is, you know, we, we've had to learn a lot on the job. I mean, starting a business and doing all the little things in between. Um, but there's just such an amazing community of people who are willing to help you get off your feet and, um, 
So I don't know. That was kind of a roundabout way of answering. Yeah. It, it makes sense. And I th- do you know, and I think, I think the people are, um, who are nomadic in the way that they live their life or, or want to live their life, they, it, money is, mu- is far less material things and money means a lot less. And I think it's experiential uh, things in life that are more important to these people. And I think that's why they're quite happy to share because they're not, they're, it's not, uh, you know, the, the, the way they look at things is totally different. You know, it's not from a, a position of scarcity or greed. So I think that's why people are quite happy to share, in my experience, why people are happy to, you know, share their knowledge and, and to, and to help and really care, you know, about how, how it goes for you. You know, they really do. They're interested in making sure things go well for you. That's my experience. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Um, the it's just like you said. It's a, it's a it's a it's a mentality of abundance rather than a mentality of scarcity. Mm-hmm. And when, it's it's one of the neat things that we found kind of in, just um, omnipresent around the world is the is is people are much kinder and more compassionate <laughs> than 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 like your you know your news or your social media feed it, it yeah. can let on. Yeah. Um, and when you just put yourself out there and you kind of say like, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing mm. and like, you know, or, or, Hey, what are you up to? How can I help you? Um, yeah. even if that's to like, you know, um, helping someone, uh, you know, uh, back to their car with too many groceries or, or, you know, helping your friend design a website or yeah. whatever it might be. People out there are generally good. And that's, you know, one of the amazing things that I think all travelers kind of get addicted to is, is those incredible goodnesses around the world and spots and experiences that you never expected. Yeah, I, I understand. I think that's, that's true. I think people care more and they, they have a confidence. I think people that travel nomads tend to be a, a more confident bunch of people. And as I said, that, you know, they're not, they're, they're not um, frightened in opening up, you know, they're quite happy to share their experiences and sh- uh, share, well, share whatever information and knowledge they have. Which is good, right. and, and do you mm-hmm. find then from the the people you get coming on your course, uh, do you find they tend to be nomadic in their lifestyle? Is it no, nomadic people that are already travelling that, that tend to come on the courses, or is it people that are specific, generally tend to be home based that travel to your course? We've had both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think behind every student, uh, you know, that, that comes with us is that travelling spirit. Um, whether it be like um, young, you know, not very well traveled as of yet, or or someone who's uh, you know very much in the middle of a kind of around the world trip, um, you know, we had we've had we've had a, we've had kind of students that span the the gamut there. But I think every student uh, by the end of the course, we're already talking about you know where in the world we're going to meet next. And um, once you have your first experience like that, where you spend a couple months out of the country and it, it turns out to be glorious, um, you're usually hooked, you I'm know, so <laughs> if they went digital nomads before they're definitely, you know, they're closer <laughs> to being them after. Yeah. Um, and you know, many of the people, the, the, the idea of our course too, is to help people get those skills. And so, I mean, that's what it really comes down to. And, um, you know, they, like we could just, um, be, I could just be a software engineer, like yeah. just and, and get gigs and travel and work, you know, from home anywhere in the world. And, and I did do that. Um, but there's a, there's, you know, when I think it's, it's a non-monetary payment, but there is some wonderful payment in helping others yes. 
that would learn how to do that because it's been so incredible to us, you know, and to me, like all it, you know, learning this particular set of skills, both being, you know, how to code and software engineering, uh, as well as living in foreign countries, um, have both enriched my life in such an incredible way yeah. that it's hard not to want to share that, you know? Yeah. And that must come across as well when they, when people come on a course, wherever you are in the world, you know, that must come, that must absolutely come across in the way that you put every, when you're, when you're training, when you're teaching the way that you spend your days and the way that must come across. And I would make, imagine that environment. And, you know, I was always wondering whether it's, whether traveling, whether it would hinder students on their ability to focus, but it sounds to me like it actually enhances their ability to focus when they're in that sort of unique environment and that strange place altogether, just the, just the, the, you know, however many, four or five of you plus the, you know, you training that must, that must make it a lot easier, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we are, you know, there's coding bootcamp review sites that our students leave reviews afterwards and almost every single one has said, you know, at first I thought it'd be a little weird to go to another country. I didn't really know what, you know, if that would be, but it sounded really fun. And then it turned out that that was the best way to learn. And, um, the way that our courses are structured is it's eight weeks in person and then one month online at the end. So the eight weeks in person is really learning the fundamentals, kind of crunching code, just working, you know, pretty solid days and just learning everything. And then the, the, third month is applying all that online. Mm. And so they work together as a distributed team. So they kind of get that experience of working on a software team, working remotely and building a project together. And we've had some students who have gone straight home after the course, um, needed, you know, needed to get back to work or family or other obligations. And they completed that third month from home. And then we had other students who, said, you know what, I'm just going to stay focused on coding and I'm going to stay focused on traveling and I'm going to, I'm going to keep, keep coding from the road. And the ones who have continued traveling have said, you know, it was actually a lot easier to finish that third month. And even though they were traveling and had those distractions, um, it's just much less than when you're at home and yeah. the phone rings and it's your mom and, you know, it's just, it just gives them the ability to focus a lot more. So, so that's really cool, you know, to have that environment for people and to promote that you can be productive working remotely. In fact, a lot of times you can be more productive working remotely. I, I agree. I think that's definitely the case. It's almost like an interruption. Whereas when you go back, you know, it's, it's an interrupt there, which when you're out and about, you've got less to worry about. But when you go back home, you sort of go back into the old routine of things, don't you? And things then before you know it, and we found it ourselves when we, you know, we come back back into the UK and we've not lived here for years. We, and we've been here a while longer than we wanted to be, but we, we find the same thing. You know, it's very easy to get stuck into that old routine and then picking up everything and moving again is, is, is proven to be challenging for many reasons. But I, I, I can imagine how much easier it would be for those guys on the road to continue through and, and finish it off. And, and are those the people from your courses now, are you still in touch with those people? Are they still, are they, are they moved direction now? Are they taking... They're doing coding as full time. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you know we're you know we've done three courses as of yet. We've had we had sixteen students this year, and as you can imagine, we all become really close throughout the course. So it's really and I, and this is a conversation we always have with people who are like interested in um, kind of just learning more about our course is that we're not really like Kim said, not your average boot camp, but we're not just churning out software engineers. Um, by the end of these courses, we're all really good friends, and we're. And we, we, we become just as 
as committed as possible to helping each other succeed. And so we're, we're absolutely still in touch pretty regularly. So if anyone is interview, you know, people will mention to the group that they have an interview or they'll ask for resume feedback and, and, um, interview preparation and we'll do ongoing challenges. And, you know, if people are, um, cause not everyone, this isn't necessarily like a, a highway. It's definitely not a highway to a six figure salary. <laughs> it's a boost. You know, it's yeah. we, like, we like to say it's a, mm-hmm. it's a first step. It's a first step, but it's kind of like a, um, like a, what are the, those, um, launch ramps off like an aircraft carrier, for instance, we're kind of like the, <laughs> we're the launch ramp, you know what I mean? But, but you have to, you have to fly on your own, you know? Um, and so students, every student learns at a different pace. And we've had several students that left the course and immediately got jobs. Um, and others who continued traveling, others who went on to basically kind of on a, on a, a year of learning, going to different programs around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every student's a little different, but, um, but the the success rate has been is is has been really high, and the yeah. the what they can produce at the end of this three months is really that's a big source of pride, you know, for us is like because I I know where they were when they started, and then I'm looking at their final projects like these people yeah. can code, like they they can do it, they did it, yeah. they're doing. It. And it must be that total immersion as well that must make a huge for me, and I know the way I learn, you know, I um when I was doing things like chart work and navigation when I was learning to uh, fly and also a different one when I was doing my skipper's license to say so I, I learn I have to do things in a really condensed time because I lose in, I lose interest and focus really quickly so unless I do something and it's that sort of thing was for me was really difficult to learn uh, you know cloud formations and all this different the navigational stuff it's very complicated and if I tried to do it a lot of the students were doing it one week at a time they'd go on a course and they'd have a, a lesson once a week you know, whereas me, I had to do it. I had to condense it down and spend several hours a day to learn it to get there. And I, I, but I did it, and I'm sure that must be the same for others. That to be able to condense it all and be totally immersed in that education must make a huge difference. And working with others that are, even if they're at different levels, you know, they're still going through the same experience, which must, which must be pretty incredible, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like learning a foreign language. And yeah. if you think about it, learning to code is learning a foreign language. It's a programming language. Yeah. And, you know, if you're trying to learn another language, the best way to learn is to immerse yourself and to surround yourself with people who are, are also learning, um, you know, and to kind of step away from your day-to-day life so that you can just focus. So, yeah. And so you've done, you said you've done uh, Mexico, Thailand, and Bali was uh, last year. Yeah. And yeah, correct. Do, you're doing the same this year. Is it the same locations? So we've got um, we're mixing it up a little bit, um, but also doing some, also doing some repeats. So we've started. Um, one thing that we've learned with a lot of people that reach out to us is they're not quite committed or or ready to commit. Understandably, there's there's a million reasons why coming on a trip like ours might not work for, <laughs> for someone, uh, but they're still really interested. So we we've launched a. Um, kind of a a light introduction to software engineering and what this all is that's strictly online um, that that begins later this month in the end of January. Okay. Um, So that's just, that's a new course for us, four weeks completely online. And then we're going back to Bali in March. Um, That must be tough for you. That must be really tough. uh, Yeah. Oh, man, it's a rough place. (laughs) I I I do love Bali. Yeah. It's wonderful. It was the perfect, perfect place to yeah. launch this company. And we, we work out of Outpost Coworking, um, which okay. is uh, in New Kooning, or basically Ubud. Um, yeah. And it's just this fantastic um, 
uh, like almost spa like co-working space. (laughs) (laughs) it's, It's just like you walk in and it's just full of people from all around the world that are working on wonderful projects. And, um, it's got really, really nice, well lit, you know, um, pr- productive space, kind of, kind of quiet rooms and talking rooms. We have a, uh, have a nice private room where we hold the course and the coworking space has a couple of pools and you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, a, a, it's the best place I've ever worked. Uh, and that's you know, just outside Ubud, is it? It's just, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's just south of the monkey forest. Uh, okay. I know the monkey. Yeah, I, I know. We used to go there. Was it the dirty duck or the mucky duck in Ubud was that one of our favorites? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. There's we 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 tend to cook a lot from home too, because <laughs> since we since we live out you know the road so much, we end up. It's funny. We end up. We we cook the local fare, but yeah. we usually all go out to dinner maybe once a week or twice yeah. a week. Yeah, it's pretty full on when we're when we're on the road. We're pretty pretty full on working, but but yeah, we loved Bali. We can't wait to go back. Um, and Thailand and Mexico were both really great too. You know, yeah. most of our. A lot of our students come from North America, probably just because that's where we're from. So that's kind of where our our reach goes to. Um, but we do have students coming from all over. But Mexico is also a really great location because it was just kind of close to home. Yeah. We both speak Spanish, um, just a lot more accessible for people to get to. Yeah. So we'll be going back to get back to that question. The 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 after Bali, we're, we're testing out whether a course in my hometown, actually, a Truckee, California, which is just near Lake Tahoe, California, okay, um, to see if there's any interest here. Um, it's Lake Tahoe, California is one of the most glorious places on earth to spend a summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of blue skies, mountains, forests, rivers, lakes, streams. Um, and so I'm always a, a, you know, fond of spending as much time here in the summer as possible. Um, but then we're looking at taking a, sending another course back to Mexico, uh, Playa del Carmen, Yucatan, Maya Riviera in the, in the fall. And we're also exploring another course in Malta uh, in the fall, um, which would be a kind of September, October, November mm-hmm. um, in Malta off the southern coast of Sicily. Uh, Malta. Now, I've been to Malta. I used to dive in, in Malta, actually. I know Malta quite well. But that's quite an, thinking about it, what, what made you come up with Malta? That's not, wouldn't have been my first. Um, first ports of call i wouldn't have thought well the our selection process is both difficult but also really easy like the the, it's i say i say that easy has a big aspect it's more difficult yeah easy has a big (laughs) aspect but there's a couple there's a couple things that we really need um and the the first and foremost is a nice productive workspace um you know we don't want to just uh, rent out some room in some office building and, and throw some lawn chairs in there. You know what I mean? Like we're looking for, for, for the world's best co-working spaces really okay. is what we, is, is kind of our first criteria. Um, and so that, that narrows it down quite a bit. You know, there's dozens of them out there, but, um, the second thing is housing. Um, is there a plenty, is there a, you know, plenty of affordable, uh, nearby housing, um, that's comfortable and safe and, and, and nice. like you know, a place people want to go. Um, mm-hmm. and so just the, and then, you know, safety, uh, you know, safety third, that's actually, <laughs> that's actually a, a saying of ours, <laughs> but you know, uh, the, the, uh, safety and safety, parents. you know, so we're looking for a co-working space, a nice productive co-working space, nice livable space and, and safety. Mm-hmm. And so in, when, when we break that down and we actually, you know, we've looked, I think we, we might be some of the world's f- foremost, um, 
experts on co-working spaces out there with the amount of research that we've done and how many we've been to. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that, that quickly breaks it down to maybe a dozen countries, you know? So then we start looking at seasons and weather patterns and, you know, stuff like that. And (laughs) and disasters. (laughs) Malta, um, has a wonderful, they've got a new co-working space called uh, Coco hub. Um, where's this? Is that in Malta? Did you say? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically a 400 year old, kind of castle of a building. Um, they've got several workspaces and they've got all kinds of private rooms. Um, and so we've been chatting with them and it sounds, it sounds very interesting. Um, so we're exploring that further for the for fall of 2018 hmm. and to not to belabor or go on too long, but the, a big goal for us in 2018 is also to kind of expand the way we're doing this. So right now we have these three month kind of zero to hero courses, um, but we're also really, really interested in opening up and, and we have a lot of instructors and software engineers from all over the world that have been reaching out to us, kind of wanting to get involved. Yeah. Um, so a big area that we want to explore is just kind of um, setting up different types of programs, like a weekend intensive, um, and it could be a local instructor um, and or a, you know, a two-week course or a, you know, after-school programs or continuing education um, and kind of trying to trying to spread the reach. Um, we're setting up tutoring programs, for instance, with our um, graduates, for instance, who want to just keep sharp. And also, you know, one of the best ways that you can learn something is by trying to explain it. Um, and so tutoring let, uh, for, our, for our graduates, it turns out to be a very productive thing for them to do. And then we can kind of open up just the, this uh, free and or cheap um, services to anyone around the world who's interested because it can all be online based. Wow, so you're sort of growing within your, you're sort of taking people that you're training and and helping them to help others to learn through the basics and grow grow that way. That's that's uh, that's a very interesting uh, way to do it. I think that's that's fantastic. Yeah, everybody wins. <laughs> yeah, everybody exactly, everybody wins. And so that's how. So really, you you to to choose the course. I was thinking, is it just you? I was wondering whether it's just well, I fancy barley, so let's go and do a course <laughs> in barley. But you actually put a lot more thought and effort into it to actually choose where you're going to have your next. Uh, your next course. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's the crux between a co-working space or, or an office space. I mean, so far we've just done co-working spaces, which we love because then we get to meet other digital nomads. We kind of create a, a community there, a group of friends. Mm. Um, so co-working spaces have been really, really great for us, but it has to be a co-working space that has a large enough private room that we can have exclusively for two months. And like, like Ryan said, that narrows it down pretty quickly because there's tons of co-working spaces, but they don't all have a room for 10 people. And so that narrows it down. And then, you know, one of our biggest things here, we want to make this affordable for people because we understand, okay, you're paying for the tuition. You also have to buy plane tickets. You know, it's a, it's a big life expense and it's an investment, but we really want to find places that are affordable for people so that, you know, it's not just a huge dent out of their pocket. And so, yeah, affordable housing, co-working space, and then just a place that people really want to go, mm. you know, a place that people say, oh, I've, I've always wanted to go there. I want to check that out. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they love Malta is an absolutely stunning place. It's, it's, it's absolutely steeped in history there. I mean, the old ancient city of Medina. I mean, we've, I used to go there a lot. In fact, I have friends that live there still actually in uh, in Malta it is a it is a uh, they won't be disappointed I'll tell you that for nothing if you if you've not been but and if you need any help with anything there if you need any advice or stuff places to say let me know I'll, I'll I can always put you in touch with people I know over there 
Thank you. So yeah, there thank you. you go. There's <laughs> digital nomads helping digital nomads. Exactly. There you go. There you go. It's neat how, how small the world gets too. It does. Because yeah. when you when you spend so much time from people all over the world who are constantly moving all over the world, yeah. uh, all of a sudden you're never more than a person or two away from someone just about anywhere. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. That knows or can help or whatever. I mean, I'll tell you, uh, this is a, my daughter. Um, uh, she's 20, 21. She was volunteering for a charity. Um, in India and was out to southern India and she became really ill uh, and uh, they took her into hospital and the charity was really bad actually the the way that they fa- they failed her in an, in an awful lot of ways and she was very poorly uh, laid up in hospital in intensive care and uh, I had yep. a I had a friend in Goa and uh, um, in India uh-huh. who knew somebody who had a doctor friend in the same southern Indian city where my daughter was and because I wasn't happy he went, he sent he got his friend who went to visit my daughter sorted her out we got her moved into another hospital and all that happened because of the experience and the people that I've got to know through well through, through traveling and and through internet based businesses so you know you're right you know that that was a real life experience that we had well the year before last actually and uh, in 2016 uh, that just goes to show that you know and and he went out of his way to, to really and and I to to spend a lot of time, uh, he made sure she got a new phone uh, chip. You know, just things I can't even tell you that he did. He went so far out of his way just to help us, um, which I'll be eternally grateful for. I mean, he just invited us to his wedding. Actually, his wedding is uh, the end of this month in Goa. Um, oh. Unfortunately, <laughs> we won't be able to attend it. But you know, uh, it's you you do make some great friends, and and people are so willing to help. You know, people, well. We weren't great friends before, but we definitely are now. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's that's like this common refrain or chorus that I hear and learn and experience kind of, uh, you know, throughout our travels. is yeah. it, And it's the neatest experience when you're someone you, you hear about or you experience someone just going way above and beyond. Yeah. Um, and I sometimes think, you know, uh, being kind of a North American, American um, from, you know, from birth, in my I have this innate kind of, um, service for a fee mentality, well, you know, like someone does something for you, so you should immediately do something back, right? Or yeah. or vice versa. Or if someone does something for you, maybe they're expecting something. Exactly. Back. And yeah. time and time again, I've been, I've been, I've been like weaned off that mentality that hmm. people will just do really great things for the sake of doing really great things, and they don't, they're not asking. You know, they're just, they're just good people. Yeah. And there's a lot out there, and that's that's a really neat thing to to really learn and feel personally kind of yeah. all over the place, you know, that's it's one of the best. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what, as I said earlier, I think that's to me that the mentality that people have is far more pleasure in, in that, in, in doing something for somebody else than there is in, in putting money in their pocket or buying the next car or the, the bigger house or whatever it is. They have a totally different mentality to things and relationships and experiences tend to be far higher on their list. Uh, than any monetary or physical material things that that's that's my experience yeah I mean I think that you know earlier you're talking about well isn't it just easier to find a freelance coding gig or find a freelance marketing gig and yeah it is it's a lot easier to (laughs) to find a freelance gig than to start a business but it's better too yeah it does (laughs) it does but for us I mean just the ability to share these skills with other people and share travel experiences with other people and see how much joy and 
excitement people get out of it gives us so much joy and excitement that just like you were saying, like the monetary aspects aren't as important as the life experiences. And we're very much a lifestyle company and it's cool for, you know, our students to come on the courses and get to feel that and you meet people and they feel it. And then it all just, it's just such a good feeling. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole experience is not just the coding that they're learning. You're teaching them the, the, uh, you're teaching them the way, a, a way of living, a way of life, actually, the nomadic way of life. Uh, it, it is an experience. I think once people get tucked into it or wrapped up in it, it's very difficult to get out. And as I said, we, we've traveled with our kids all over the world and uh, mm. we've done it with, with, the, with kids as opposed to on our own. And, um, you know, it's been a fantastic experience for them, the confidence they have and the life they've led, the friends they've got in Australia. You know, my daughter went to Vietnam middle of last year at some point you know she met a friend from australia that flew over that so even in her young life now she she works in the uk she works doing the um the big festivals like the v festival and glastonbury this type of thing she manages bars there they get very well paid That's working fine. long hours for the weekends and she earns enough money to decide where her next ticket's going to be and uh <laughs> she's off she flew to lanzarote today actually she's gone off and, uh, yeah. you know, and that's what she does. And that's, and, and she's having a fantastic time and with friends that she's made all over the world since she was a, since she was a small girl, you know, that's very cool and very inspiring, you know, yeah. for, we don't have any kids yet, but we're married and it's something that we thought about. And, you know, I think that to, the ability to learn at a young age that you can decide what to do with your life. You don't have to follow any prescribed tradition or, you know, I mean, you can make your own choices and and that's something that we've both decided, Hey, you know what, we're going to travel instead. And Hey, you know what, we're going to start a business instead. And it's not always easy and it's not always fun, but it's just a lot more fun to live the life, life less ordinary for us. And that's cool that you're passing that on to your kids too. Yes. And that's the, and and it doesn't stop anybody. I know again, quite a few families that have done the same sort of thing, you know, they've traveled you know, they live in different parts of the world. They put their kids in international schools, you know, or even some places in some countries, even in local schools. And, and uh, you know, I think the, the children, their education that they get, not necessarily an academic education, but I don't think there is a better education in life for any, any, anybody than travel. I, I really don't. I, and I, I, you know, I really believe that. And if, even though, you know, the kids come out with quite good uh, results because they were in, international schools you know the the smaller classes they did really quite well but you know i i for me i i don't mind i didn't wouldn't have minded if they come out with nothing just the fact that they learn how know how to make money online which they do you know they both set up websites and and doing bits and pieces and you know my son sells he's doing uh film work he he, he went to college to learn how to do filming and stuff so he's doing now for different he set up his own website doing that sort of thing and these are all skills that they've learned because we as we've been away because that's how we that's how we've lived you know we've never we've always done that sort of thing and so they're acquiring them same skills but the travel give them a has given them a confidence that i don't think they would have got anywhere else yeah that's that's that it's incredible and it's good to hear because it's something that sometimes we wonder like will we have to kind of wrap up shop, you know, when, when it's, when, it, when it's that time, but it's, it's always good to hear that others didn't and that they, they, not only did they survive, but they thrived. Um, absolutely. And I think we, you know, our, our children were born abroad. They were born you know, in, in, uh, in Spain, 
You know, they've been, and as I say, we've been all over and, and I don't think there's any difficulty. I think wherever you're staying, you know, you can, you can buy nappies in any country in the world now. And uh, yeah. I think you know, wherever <laughs> they are and, and the travel, I, I just think the type of people that, that, tra- that like you guys that are out there traveling and, and, you know, I don't think you'd find a difficulty. Well, you clearly haven't as far as running the business is concerned. But um, but one question that I I ask couples that are working together and living together. I mean, how how do you tend to get on being married and working and living together? Yeah, <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> or should I not ask that question? <laughs> no, no, it's a great. No, it's a great no, question. It's, we we laugh because we actually really love it. I mean, we we're the we're pretty tight knit as a couple. There's some couples who are kind of more independent, like doing their own thing, like having their own hobbies, but. Ryan and I just really love hanging out together. I mean, we were kind of immediately bonded over our mutual love of travel and adventure. And we were both working in the environment. And so we kind of have this socially minded being and mentality. And um, so that kind of bonded us pretty quickly. And, you know, when you're, when you're building a relationship of any kind, there's always going to be hiccups. There's always going to be challenges and difficulties. And especially when you're married, you're always going to have disagreements and it's no different in a, in a work partnership. And even if you're not married and you're working together, you're always going to have disagreements. And Ryan and I are lucky that we have a very complimentary skill set. You know, he's got the technical coding side and I've got the marketing and business side. And so our skills really complement each other really well. So we make a good team and we have a lot of love for and respect for each other. And so we just, you know, disagreements do happen, but sometimes the disagreements are a way to find a better solution. You know, if you don't struggle and everything's just easy peasy, then maybe you're not pushing yourself as hard as you could go. And I think that that also kind of relates to travel. Travel is not always easy. And I always find that the best stories happen when things go wrong, you know, because <laughs> if you plan a trip and everything's just perfect, then it's like, okay, yeah, it, it went exactly how we planned. Mm-hmm. But when things start going wrong or things start coming up, when you have to make compromises, you know, with travel, with relationships, with work, um, you know, you, you just grow a lot more, you learn a lot more, you become a better partner, a better spouse, a better travel buddy. If you can roll with the punches you know, find common ground. So yeah, I mean, we, we do enjoy working together. It's been really good. We're lucky. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we have, um, like Kim mentioned too, we kind of, we kind of have our roles, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, like with the students, if it's, if it's related to the course or the technical, you know, the, te- any kind of technical material that we're mm-hmm. studying, talk to me. And then if it's related to the, like the, the trip or the experience or any kind of anything else, um, talk to Kim, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like all inbound emails and all that kind of stuff, we immediately know, like without even talking to each other, that's an email for Kim. This is an email for me. You know, like this is who's, who's the right people to, to kind of feel these questions or have this conversation or, mm-hmm. um, and so that helps a lot. I think having, it's not like we have clearly defined roles. We're not, we, there's no list anywhere, mm-hmm. but we both over, over time, we've just kind of understood, come to an understanding of kind of who does what. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when we're sticking to that and we're in the, in the groove, mm. uh, it's almost too easy. It's great. It's like a, this wonderful 
experience. Um, and then, but sometimes if we're in the same room for <laughs> extended periods of time, we're both working on the same project. We can start to get a little snippy with each other, but then we kind of know now that that's what's happening, you know? Yeah, yeah actually during, during our first course in Bali, I mean, Ryan was working all day, all night. He was, you know, cause he was still building the course material and still, you know, just kind of getting the groove for teaching people and made himself available at all hours for anyone to ask questions. And, um, you know, so I kind of took up a lot of the, the house duties, but also the marketing and the business and, you know, just kind of catching all like wearing all the different hats and one night when we were eating dinner, we realized, you know, we haven't really had a disagreement in a while. Like we haven't really, <laughs> we don't really fight much as a couple, but we realized like, wow, we've been getting along really well. Like maybe it's good that you're in the classroom and you're doing your thing. And then I'm doing my marketing thing. And, you know, we're not kind of breathing down each other's neck, a little separation of power. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I, our relationship has been better in the last couple of years since we've been traveling than ever. And it's kind of amazing because we were thinking like, is it a good idea to go into business with your partner? Like, should we be spending this much time together? But all in all, it's, it's been a really incredible experience for us. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear. I, I love to hear those stories. I, with, I'm the same. We work, work with my, my wife and you know, she just, when I get a bit, uh, a bit when I start getting a bit gritty, she, you know, she just ignores me and leaves me alone. But I think we, we I enjoy it. We, we've got a lot from it. And again, I think we, we travel a lot of, uh, yeah, material things don't hold a lot for us. You know, There's, we can move, we can move in a suitcase. We can, we can pack a bag and go in a day, you know, and we, we both have a lot like that in common. And I think that, that definitely helps because we we are out of we're made from the same cloth as it were and it seems like you two are as well and that that makes a huge difference when you're out and yeah. you're both enjoying you know if, if one of you if you're going somewhere where one of you wants to be and one of you doesn't that's when the problems start but if you're both absolutely enjoying what you're doing and where you're going and how you're living and especially I, I do think that nomadic life is definitely has a lot less stress around it I know there's issues and problems and you know all sorts of things that can pop up but generally overall I think the levels of stress are far less than, than when you're actually living in a you're two up two down house with your one one and a half cars and on the drive and 2.4 kids yeah. and all that sort of thing it's com it's totally true and I think we're just we're just like you and cut from the same cloth like we can we can put all of our stuff in a suitcase and be gone in an hour, you know, both of us. And, and it's fun, like we enjoy it. It does, you know, there's times where it gets tiring and you want to settle down. Yeah. But the, you know, we, we, we're really lucky in that we spend two to three months in each location usually. Yeah. And like I mentioned previously, we always kind of splurge when I, you know, with air quotes around it on our housing. Yeah. And so we find ourselves basically living in these wonderful little, you know, villas mm -hmm. all over the world. And, um, you know, our, our, our apartment in Thailand had a, it was maybe... 500 feet in elevation above the coastline, we could see most of the island that we were on mm. with a gentle tropical breeze blowing, blowing through in a hammock. It's like, it's pretty easy to be in a good mood and you know, <laughs> it's, be grateful. And, and also, you know, the, the, I think the gr gratitude has a lot to do with it too. Like, yeah. um, you know, when, when gratitude, when gratitude dominates kind of your perception, yeah. um, you, it's really easy. It's it, to be, Grateful and happiness, I think, are, are basically the same thing. Um, and and when you're constantly meeting all these wonderful people and having these wonderful experiences with locals and just trying this new food and, you know, getting a ride home from this taxi driver who insists that you come over to their house tomorrow night for dinner and then shows you, like, this cool swimming hole, you know, it, it's really easy to find these moments of joy and gratitude. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's I think that's very well put. I I think that it's hard. You know, it's it's hard not to smile, isn't it, when you wake up and look out over the ocean in some tropical paradise, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we're about to wrap up. I I think, but there's just a, a couple of things. I, I was thinking if. If someone else was setting up, what advice would you give them if for any aspiring digital nomads? What sort of, would you think this is the business you're in? Is it a great business to, to some sort of teaching? Um, would you advise somebody to do it or what advice would you give people? You know, we have met a lot of other digital nomad and digital nomad couples um, who have gone into some sort of teaching business. Like we have some friends who are life coaches and some friends who are productivity coaches and some friends who teach PowerPoint lessons, like how to be an expert in PowerPoint. And they've all, they've all done really well for themselves. And something that we've thought about time and time again is that we basically took skills that we already knew how to do or knew about, like Ryan is a software engineer, I'm a marketer. And so we took things that we already kind of knew how to do and kind of enjoyed to do and then figured out how to apply that into a dream job, basically. And so for us, teaching worked out, you know, if, if for an aspiring digital nomad, if there's something that you're really, really passionate about and you feel like you have the expertise that you can share that passion with other people, I think teaching is a great way to go. But I mean, really, I think just finding your passion and just saying, you know what, I'm going to dedicate myself to this and I'm going to make it happen and realizing that there are going to be hiccups and there's going to be bumps and there's going to be things that you have to learn. I mean, there are things that you have to learn, but you know, the people will help you and there's tons of resources and, um, you know, you just have to make that leap. And once you get out there, it's, it's a lot less scary than it seems. I, I think definitely, I, I think always people worry about the, you know, what's going to happen or what may happen. Um, and, and of course, 99% of the time it never does. And I think, uh, yeah, like hey, moving to Bali, for example. I mean, that's a you know, it's a long way away, but the the, the for for a lot of people, but it's a fantastic place to live. And I think uh, you know, once people do try, it, as I said earlier, I think they just it, it's a drug, isn't it? It's it's an addiction that that sort of gets, yeah. eats you <laughs> in a nice yeah. way. It's a nice if there are any nice addictions. Yeah. It's a it's a healthy drug. It's yeah. A healthy, yeah, it's it's a healthy addiction if there is anyway. So I think to 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 jump in on that last question there a little bit the. Um, one thing that I try to do more because I've seen it, uh, but with, with so many people around me is that sometimes the people that just keep doing what they do and whether it's your passion or your hobby or something that inspires you or whatever, you know, however you describe it, um, there's these people that just, and you know, I'll just like people that just love taking pictures and they just take, they've just been taking pictures and taking pictures and taking pictures forever. And they've found themselves. Now they have some good gear and, you know, They'll, they'll be talking to someone that's like, oh, I'm, you know, my, my friend works for, um, you know, such and such magazine and maybe they need a photographer and then, and all you'll get a connection and, and you're clearly the right person for that job, you know, because of, and I say that for, you know, for, for anyone that does anything when you, when you're the person that's been doing your thing for five or 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, and it's easy, like in the beginning, it's a bit t- harder, but cause you have to kind of make that you know, you have to make that kind of your thing, but there, there comes a time where all of a sudden you'll be talking to someone and it's very clear that they're the exact person that you're looking for, for a job or for this, because, uh, who else would it be? Like, yeah, I, I, I actually do need, you know, a, a, a skydiver cinematographer who speaks Russian, 
you know, like <laughs> that's not something that you plan for in college, but yeah. if you love skydiving and you've always wanted to learn Russian or, you know, and you've spent a lot of time in Russian, then you'll meet some people that are doing some movie shoot and they need, a, you know, you're the right person for the job. And that's kind of, you know, I'm just kind of throwing it out there, but the people that just do what they do and they do it for prolonged periods of time, like it just starts to work out. They, you know, um, mm. people start to find you. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. I think the other thing, the, the opportunities that are available to people, the, the, the internet has opened up the whole world, you know, through social media and various other methods of forums and places, groups and stuff. I think it, the world has opened up so much, you know, that there is, you know, there is something for everybody. They've, as you say, they've got to pick on one thing, choose what they would like to do and, and focus on it. And, and, uh, and that way, uh, it's it's not that difficult to do if if you really put your mind to it. It's just taking the leap, right? Yep. So, so if people want to find out a bit more about you, or if uh, after this they decide they want to become uh, a coding nomad themselves, how and where yeah. do they go to find out more information from you? Um, well, they can go to our website, which is codingnomads.co. Okay. Um, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter as Coding Nomads. It's just all one word, Coding Nomads. Okay. Um, so those are the best places to see what we're up to, see what we're all about, follow our adventures, be friends with us, maybe meet us up on a trip. We'll put all those in the show notes. But I really wish you a, a continued success with this in 218 and, and beyond. I hope it grows as you want it to to grow and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and thanks for taking the time out to uh, spend that time and explain yourself to uh, our listeners i appreciate yeah, it thank you lloyd it's been really fun chatting with you too and always great to be inspired by other nomads and hopefully be inspiring nomads as well great exactly yeah thank you so much well have a good day and uh, it's been great talking to you take care likewise have a good night bye-bye